0: So we're talking about uh, the book of Joshua and uh, looking at it in terms of faith crossings. God calls all of us to make faith crossings. We've said that a faith crossing is an obedient response to the call of God upon your life. It is moving from where you are to where God wants you to be. It's called a faith crossing because uh, you're trusting God with the uncertainty of your journey. And one of the principles, and we'll see it again tonight is that when we make a faith crossing, it often results in the extraordinary activity of God. And Jesus is the Lord of every faith crossing. So perhaps tonight the Lord is leading you uh, to make a step of faith. And tonight we're going to talk about the essentials of a successful faith crossing. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 5. We looked at chapter 5 last time, but we're going to begin in verse 13. Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, and then we're going to go right into chapter 6, and we're going to look at chapter 6, to verse 2, to begin with. Now, it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us, or are you for your adversaries? And he answered, No, rather I come now as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? The captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was shut tightly because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its kings and the valiant warriors. Tonight, one of the things that we see here, and it's obvious, and it should be obvious as we... on our own journey with God for a faith crossing to be successful here's Joshua on the precipice of making a faith crossing they had made one when they crossed the Jordan now they're about to fight the battle of Jericho joining God in on mission with him in doing that for a faith crossing to be successful it must be preceded by a meeting with God and we know we established the last time We looked at this, this is some kind of meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. There is no other captain of the armies of heaven than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is identified in the book of Revelation as such. Uh, We don't understand it completely why this is so, but we know that there are moments in the Old Testament whenever there's the angel of the Lord or this particular figure here in the book of Joshua, this is who this is. A faith crossing always has a dual dimension about it. It's a, it's a holy place. It is also a heavy place. It is an assignment from God that will require more strength than you have. It will require more resources than you have. It will be bigger than you. And obviously, as Joshua looked on this wall city, and we're told, by the way, historians and archaeologists tell us that there, were not one, there was not one wall around Jericho, there were two walls around Jericho. That is a historical and archaeological fact. Two very high, very thick walls. It was impossible. It was impassable. It was impenetrable. It looked bigger than Joshua, but it was not going to be bigger than the God that Joshua served. Faith crossings always begin in only one place. They are launched from the holy ground of God's presence. That's where we hear from God. That's where we receive our assignment. And that's where we begin our faith crossing. And we saw last time how Joshua surrendered himself to his assignment. We surrender, as we said this morning, always on the front end, we surrender. And he said, What has my Lord to say? To his servant. In other words, he surrendered this battle to the Lord Himself. Jesus is the Lord of every faith crossing, so He's going to have to be Lord of our journey. He's going to have to be Lord of what we do in our church. He is Lord of our lives. He tells us how to go forward, what to do, what steps to take. And so here is the Lord giving Joshua his uh, his way about how he should go about it. Now, are you asking these questions or that question, that specific question in regard to your own life? And are you asking that question in regard to your church? What has my Lord to say to his servant or for us as a whole? What is he saying to us as a church? Number two, for a faith crossing to be successful, you must surrender your life to the will and ways of, Of God. The Bible tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways and that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We often look at an assignment that we might have from the Lord and we figure out how we're going to accomplish it. We figure out, we strategize and we say, well, we'll do this and we'll do that. But it's, I have come to know down through my years in in working with the church that God often has ways of accomplishing things that we would, we would never even have begun to think about. And yet, uh, that's the way that the Lord works. And so, when we talk about the ways of God, we're not referring so much to what should be done, but how, how we should do it. How should we go about uh, our assignment? God has a way of that. And so, you'll see this in beginning in verse 3 of chapter 6. We'll read through verse 5. The Lord said, you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be when they make the long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. Now, imagine being given that assignment. Imagine uh, the fear of what might happen if you're marching around somebody else's property, somebody else's wall, and you know you know what who's on the wall. The soldiers are on the wall. The battlements are on the wall. That's where the the archers shoot the arrows. They shoot from the wall. And there you are marching around the wall in spite of the slings and the arrows of the enemy. God's way was not to storm the gates. God's way was to march and to trust and to wait. There was a plan to follow. It was God's plan. It was not Joshua's plan. And so uh, we need to learn not to storm our way into some assignment but to keep watching and waiting and walking uh, until we see God's plan. If you want to see the opposite, uh, one of the good illustrations of that in the Old Testament comes from the life of Saul. When Saul was called to be king, Samuel the prophet gave Saul a pattern for how he ought to respond to God. He was to always wait for Samuel to come and offer the sacrifice and seek God's blessing on whatever assignment that God had given him. But on one occasion, as Saul was trying to wait patiently, others around him became uh, impatient. They became anxious that he was waiting and not acting. Sometimes uh, those around us, if, you're, if, you're ever, if, you, if you've ever been in leadership and you're trying to wait on the Lord, patiently wait on the Lord for some word from him. There'll be other people around you who get a little antsy with that, and they don't like waiting. They think that that you need to be taking steps and you need to be moving forward. And so that's exactly what Saul did when he saw all these other people impatient. He acted on his own. And then when he did, Samuel showed up in just that moment. And this is what Samuel said. Samuel said, what have you done And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the appointed days, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash. Therefore I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not asked the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself, and I offered the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, You have acted foolishly, you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God. Uh, which he commanded you, for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But instead, God rejected Saul from being king because he didn't wait. He didn't follow God's plan, and that's what God wanted him to do. So the Lord says there in verse 2 of Joshua chapter 6, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king's and with its valiant warriors. The third essential of a successful faith crossing is the absolute importance of listening to God. How do you go about listening to God? Well, the first way you go about listening to God is with an open Bible. If you get up every day and do your daily devotions, if, I, if I'm if i seeking God's guidance on something, if I need a word from the Lord, I don't need to flip my Bible open and turn pages and and put my finger down. What I need to do is I just need to open it up where I stopped reading yesterday and I need to start reading there today. And if you will do that faithfully, you will find that God will meet you in some of your predicaments and he has a word for you in his word. He will give you guidance. You don't have to panic over it. You just pick up and you read. You walk forward day by day and God will meet you right where you are I've seen that time and time again. So first, you listen to God by reading His Word. Second, you listen to God when we pray. We're still before the Lord. We ask questions and we wait for answers. Henry Blackaby in the study Experiencing God says, whenever we pray, we ought to look around to see for what God does next because when we pray, God might be trying to show us and we just walk off from our prayer without... Uh, waiting in God's presence and and seeing what happens next. Third, we need, we listen to God through circumstances. God might open or close a door and if I've been on the holy ground of God's presence, if I've been looking in his word and I've been praying, then I'll be alert to God's activity in my circumstances. Fourth, look for God's activity, listen for God's activity through the church. God's puts us in a body god may speak to us through some member of his body or his direction to the entire body may also serve as his direction for our lives most of us look for the will of god if you're in church you're in the god that's number one that's a good place to be in the center of god's will and most of what god has for us to do most of our assignments relate directly to the body that we're in at that moment that's just a fact God will use you in connection with the body to which you belong, and He will speak to you in that way. But we also have to be alert to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The guidance of the Spirit may be subtle or it may be strong, and when the Spirit moves, uh, He brings to bear all the influences of God upon our lives. The Word and the prayer and our circumstances in the church and all of those things will line up But if I've not taken time to be on the holy ground of God's presence listening to God, I may miss all of these and so miss God's will for my life. Joshua spent that time in God's presence. He knew what God wanted him to do. He trusted God with the step he was about to make. And and here's the fourth essential to every successful faith crossing is taking steps of faith. Do you know what we call steps of faith? Obedience. It's just simple obedience. It's doing what God told you to do. It's fulfilling the assignment that God gave you. Perhaps some of the best-known steps of faith are recorded here in this sixth chapter of the book of Joshua. Look at verse 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant. And let seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. Then he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go before the ark of the Lord. And it was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark while they continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I tell you, Shout! Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once. Then they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Now Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually, blew the trumpets, the armed men went before them, the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus the second day they marched around the city once, and they returned to the camp. And they did that every day, marching around the city just one time, and they did that For six days. Now, look carefully at these steps of faith they made around the city of Jericho. First, they were courageous steps. As I told you before, they had the sense that they were in some degree of danger. Nevertheless, for this faith crossing to be successful, they needed to give God their complete obedience. Fear, embarrassment, or any hindrance to their obedience and the walls would never fall. Second, like all steps of faith, they had to be content to be still in their own heart and wait on God and keep walking. That's what we do. We wait on God and we keep walking. Priests blew trumpets and the people marched and they marched every day in absolute silence, at least the people did, in their hearts. They were simply being still and waited on God. Third, they kept trusting God when the walls didn't fall. I'm not sure these people had all the details about what was going to happen or when it was going to happen. They were just to be obedient and they kept on trusting God. The wall didn't fall the first day. The wall didn't fall the second day or the third day or the fourth day or the fifth day or the sixth day. Fourth, when a whole congregation comes to a faith crossing, in other words, God will do that sometimes. God will bring a church to a point a moment. Think about that. God will bring a church to a moment when somebody needs to do something. When somebody, when the church needs to go forward, the church understands something needs to happen, but somebody always has to go first. We considered that when the priests crossed the River Jordan, one of them had to be the first one to put their feet in the water. And here again, somebody had to go first. Somebody had to be first to lead out in the march. Somebody's got to be first in responding to God. And we've talked a lot about that in our church. Even when God brings revival, somebody has to be first to respond, to respond to what God wants in your life. And so to be a catalyst for other people to respond, that's necessary. Whose feet will those be in this congregation? Who will show us how to trust, how to wait, when to obey? Who will reflect an absolute trust in the will and ways of God, following Him in absolute surrender? Finally, essential to a successful faith crossing, and, and I love this part, and, and you may argue with me over this part, but I see this in here, and I, I'll just see if you see it with me. The, the final essential to a faithful, successful faith crossing is is a constant readiness to respond to God's trumpet. Verse 15, Then on the seventh day, they rose early at the dawning of the day, and they marched around the city in the same manner, only as every other day they had marched around only once. On the seventh day, they marched seven times. Verse 16, At the seventh time, when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now verse 20. So the people shouted, and the priest blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout. And the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead. Now, let me ask you a question. Who fought the battle of Jericho? I know probably you grew up singing as I did when I was a child, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. But Joshua didn't fight the battle of Jericho. Did, did the noise cause the walls to fall? Some have suggested that it was the feet of the people marching around the city every day, and it was the vibration of of their feet that caused the foundation of the wall to collapse. But as archaeologists look at that wall, those two consecutive walls, thick, high walls that encircled the city of Jericho, they bear witness to the fact that indeed they fell down flat. The walls just collapsed. Now, uh, as we said, a faith crossing is an obedient response to the call of God upon your life. What do faith crossings result in? Faith crossings often result in the extraordinary activity of God. Would you say this was the extraordinary activity of God when those walls fell? Would you say that this was something that only God can do? There were no cannons. There were no tanks. There were no explosives. There was just the sound of a trumpet and this shout. But you'll notice there it says... When, when we read, and when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, there were trumpets and there was the trumpet that they shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat. Would it be too much of a stretch to say that there was another trumpet there and that there was another army, an unseen army? Well, didn't Joshua, didn't he just have a conversation with the captain of the armies of the Lord? didn't the captain of the armies of the Lord when he was he was inquired of by Joshua when he said are, for, are you for us or for our adversaries that guy with a sword drawn in his head he said no I come as captain of the Lord's armies and you need to take your shoes off your feet because the ground on which you stand is holy ground did you know that God has a trumpet we've looked at this before several Sunday nights ago we looked at that great passage of scripture in Exodus chapter 19 where Moses led the people up to Mount Sinai, and as they approached Mount Sinai, the, the mountain shook, the mountain smoked, uh, and, and there was this great fire upon the mountain. The Bible says it said, the Bible says the smoke ascended, smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. When the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. There was a trumpet on Mount Sinai that was not the trumpet of any person, it was God's trumpet. In Zechariah chapter 9 verse 14, we need we read of a trumpet that announces deliverance for God's people. Uh, as for you, this is beginning in verse 11 of chapter 9 of Zechariah, as for you because of the blood of my covenant with you, I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, O prisoners who have the hope. This very day I am declaring that I will restore double to you, for I will bend Judah as my bow. I will fill the bow with Ephraim, and I will stir up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and I will make you like a warrior's sword. Then the Lord will appear over them, and his arrow will go forth like lightning, and the Lord will blow the trumpet, and will march in the storm winds of the south. The Lord of hosts will defend them, and they will devour and trample on the sling stones, and they will drink and be boisterous as with wine, and it, and the Lord God will their God will save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they are as the stones of a crown, sparkling in his land. I'm just telling you what the Bible says that God has a trumpet all his own. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 31, there is a trumpet that calls angels into action to gather his redeemed. He will send forth his angels with a great trumpet and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 52, 15 in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. Uh, imperishable and we will all be changed in the book of Revelation the Lord's own voice is compared John compared it to the sound of a great trumpet he said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a voice like the sound of a trumpet in Revelation chapter 4 1 after these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice I had heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me said come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things? One more verse of Scripture, First Thessalonians chapter four, verses sixteen and seventeen. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Then we heard. Then and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So I just ask Is it too much to think that on the day when we say that Joshua fit the Battle of Jericho or fought the Battle of Jericho, that there was another army and another trumpet that caused the walls to come tumbling down? So essential to a successful faith crossing is a constant readiness to respond to God's trumpet that can only be heard by the ear of faith, ready to be obedient to God, to do what God calls you to do, ready to be first if God so calls you, if he speaks to you, and you be the one to make the step of faith to lead other people in the way that God wants you to go. A faith crossing is an obedient response to the call of God upon your life. It is moving from where you are to where God wants you to be. It's a faith crossing because you're, un- you're trusting God with the uncertainty of your journey. And when we do, when we do, it often results in the same thing that happened here. In the extraordinary activity of God, something happens that only God can do. But Jesus has to be Lord of our faith crossings, just like Joshua. We have to surrender to him and say, okay, what is it now, Lord, that you're saying to your servant? What is it that you want me to do? And whatever he says to you, it's your responsibility to do that very thing. Let's pray.